Hello, Happy Camp. Hello. I'm Spike. I'm Chris. What's up? Uh, and we are Geek, and now we are finally back. Been an eventful week or two. Uh, last time we came up with, uh, it was an aftermath. Which movie did we see? We watched uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yes. That's right. Made such an impression on me. So. Mm. And here we go. We are recording on <laughs> Sunday, May 21st, 2023. And we are a number of things to talk about. Chris has a few news items. Let's knock the news items out because we got stuff to talk about. That's actually happening around here. Let's knock the newsy stuff. All right. All right. A few things. Just wah, a few things. Wah, Bear wah, with us. Wah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In news today, Benedict Cumberbatch will be playing uh, in the bio movie pick of Bob Dylan. Why? I do not he know. He something like Bob Dylan. No, but he'd be playing uh, Pete Seeger. Yeah, I could see him being Pete Seeger. Okay. I was about to say, what are we talking about? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so we're just going to look over that part? Yes. No, okay. I used to be a Benedict Cumberbatch fan, but it's been so long since I've seen no, The last right. thing I actually gave a crap about with him in it was Doctor Strange 2, and quite frankly, it kind of left a taste in your mouth. So That's true. Um, Sigourney Weaver has confirmed that she will that she is not... In the Ghostbusters 4 film. At least not yet. She said. Uh, she has not gotten the call. Ha ha ha. You know, jokes. Yes. We got jokes, folks. But they are currently filming. So, yes. Um, we also have Eddie Murphy set to play in a reboot of Pink Panther. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> He's going to be the Pink Panther, right? I don't know. He didn't say that. He just said he will be in the... Have you actually seen any of the Pink Panther movies? I know you've seen all the cartoons. But have you seen any of the movies? I believe I've seen the very first one with uh, Peter... Peter Sellers. Yeah. So you know what the... I've watched... I don't know if it was the first one or the second one with... Uh, uh, Oh, the remakes with Steve Martin. Steve Martin, yes. So you know what the Pink Panther actually is, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. You have to check because you never know. Yes. Okay. But Eddie Murphy is the Pink Panther. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> we are just knocking through these because there's just not a lot. I want to see how well you actually know this. I know you've never seen the movie. Or anything, but mm. it's a little joke going around right now on the internet. Rick Dalton, the star of Bounty Law, has died at the age of 90. <laughs> okay, so in the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, directed, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, um, the movie, which is a really good movie, it's a, an adaptation of Hollywood back in the what, 50s and 60s era where 
uh, Leonardo DiCaprio plays this actor doing spaghetti westerns and stuff like that. Lives right next door to Sharon Tate during the whole Manson thing. And it just shows his life as this actor working in Hollywood back in the day and all that stuff. And he played this, the character's name was Rick Dalton, who was on a Western called Bounty Law. Um, anyway, it's a joke going around on, you know, because it's kind of just funny how, like, you know, the movie was kind of just, it felt pretty real. So he killed off the character at 90 years old today. It's, 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 it's funny. It's, I'm sure it's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Quentin Tarantino is pound for pound the most overrated director in Hollywood. Okay. Except for Pulp Fiction. Except for Pulp Fiction, which really, really wasn't as good as you guys think it is. It has a rep. It's not. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I'm sure it was a clever concept at the time. Quentin Tarantino has about this much talent and about this much ego. He is the Andy Warhol of movie directors. This much talent, that much ego. Andy Warhol actually wound up in... In the news again. He's dead, by the way. But Andy Warhol wound up in the news because he had done a picture. He had adjusted a picture of some celebrity for Time magazine years ago. And uh, the photographer, who shall remain nameless, she, uh, because I, mainly because I can't think of her name, but she had taken a picture of this celebrity and... They, uh, Andy Warhol, she agreed to sell the rights to the to her picture to Andy Warhol for one-time use, so that he could do a commission piece for Time Magazine. Okay, so everything's great. She got paid for the use. Andy Warhol got paid for the use. Everybody got paid. Okay. Years later, Time Magazine wants another one. Andy Warhol uses the exact same picture, but does a different treatment of it. She gets nothing. That, since Warhol died, has been going through the courts between the photographer and the Warhol estate, finally went up to the Supreme Court, where no less than two of the Supreme Court justices basically called each other a bitch, because one was a fan of Warhol and the other was a fan of this photographer. They finally settled in... In consider in for the in favor of the photographer because she was not compensated for the secondary use. Just because you pay a photographer for one thing, then doesn't mean you have perpetual use to use it over and over. It's a one-time thing. The reason I bring that up is because Warhol was a no-talent hack. He had a bunch of acrylics that he used to basically paint by number photographs. He is worthless. He will go down in history as one of the biggest boondoggles that art criticism has ever known. He, he and the rest of his pop art crew are just going to burn in the suburbs of art hell. 
right there next to the Gateway Regional for Arts, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. <clears throat> so, and Quentin Tarantino is going to be in the film wing of that suburb of artistic hell. I don't care about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't care about Quentin Tarantino. I don't care about Pulp Fiction. I don't care about Death Proof. I don't care about any of his crap. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. You don't care about Death Proof? No. I've never seen Death Proof. I don't want to see Death Proof. so good. You're more than welcome to it. But I will say... Quentin Tarantino, the final point is, just like Andy Warhol fanboys have greatly overinflated his importance over to the over the years to the point that they've all basically become metaphorical fluffers for the little flake, so too have Quentin Tarantino fanboys fluffed Tarantino to the point where he seems like he's something, but he's not. He is this big, huge... Looks like a big, huge rock that of works that he's done over the years. But if you take your finger and poke a hole in it, you just let all the air out, and it all just turns to dust. Quentin Tarantino severely overrated. Don't even want to discuss it. Don't even want to hear it. Well, <sighs> unlike we got to remember to get back to Star Wars. So, well. We'll talk about Star Wars in a minute. I got to talk about the Gateway Regional Arts Center, and I got to talk about Star Wars. So remember that we were talking about those two things later on. If you look over on the side, you'll probably—I don't know if I'm pointing in the right direction or not. So, but if you look, you'll see it's on the list of things we're going to talk about. Yes, there's a Disney purge. This out the Disney purge. We'll cut uh, content from Disney Plus and Hulu. May 10th. Uh, they have lost 2 million subscribers already. Four. And, well, it's probably up to four now, yeah. Hmm. Four million yeah. they've lost. Disney Plus and Hulu are going to wind up merging whether they want to or not. Just because Disney's going to be... Listen. Disney's chickens are coming home to roost, okay? Disney's losing a fortune on Disney Plus right now. Four million subscribers gone. I've said before on this show, Disney Plus's numbers are, we are just talking about fluffers, they're fluffed, okay? Because when you sign up for Verizon, whether you use it or not, you get the, you get the, you get Disney Plus for free when you're a Verizon subscriber. Disney counts every single one of those as a, subscriber to Disney Plus, whether they use it or not, whether they wanted it or not. As Verizon as Verizon cycles through its customers, because I think that only lasts six months, as they as they cycle through the customers, those people start disappearing. All of a sudden the numbers are collapsing because guess what? Nobody's sticking around to pay extra for Disney Plus because there's nothing on there worth watching. Now, one th- one story you haven't mentioned yet <coughs> As I said, we are. What is this? The 21st. We're recording this on the 21st of May, 2023. Okay? The Writers Guild of America is on strike right now. Brain dead. Absolutely brain dead. And if you hear noise in the background, it's the idiot next door mowing his lawn for the first time in two weeks. So bear with me. Okay. Uh, the Writers Guild of America is on strike. I thank the morons for doing it. 
Two reasons. First off, they want a bigger they want a bigger piece of the streaming pie. Okay, and again, we've talked before about this. They keep jacking the prices up on streaming. People are going to hit the high C, so to speak, metaphorically. The other thing is that by going on strike, the WGA just invalidated dozens, if not hundreds, of developmental contracts. Okay. Disney knows that a lot of the stuff in their pipeline right now that would ordinarily get dumped on Disney Plus because it'll it's nowhere near good enough to go into the theaters. That's a shame. But they've been dumping this stuff on Disney Plus just so they can get it off the books. The WGA allows them to take all these crap uh, projects that they have in the pipeline now, like the Acolyte from Star Wars and a whole bunch of other things they got coming up down the pipe. They can now take all of those in their various stages of production and say, well, the writers just violated their contract, so we're, we don't have to honor the contract anymore. The contract's void. Toss every single one of those projects off. Every studio in Hollywood right now is clearing the dead wood off their decks because they're going to consider all the money they put into it as a sunk loss, take a tax write-off, and then see if, once the strike is over, see if they can start developing new projects and stay away from these guys who did all the, the crap projects for them before. Hmm. So, that's why I said the Writers Guild doing things stupid. What was the original thing on this? Something to do with Disney+. Plus? Uh, it's the They call it The Purge. The purge. Where they cut uh, things from Disney Plus and Hulu. Right. And that's what the purge is. That's Disney clearing the Deadwood off their decks. That's the cause of it. They're trying to save money. Uh, right now, they need to just stop making stupid decisions. That's what they need to do. There's that. Fox News is... <laughs> Fox News, we don't usually get into the... Pol well, I'm not going to say we don't get into politics on this podcast, but we don't usually talk about news channels here. Fox News fired Tucker Carlson about a month back. He was their top draw. They've seen their uh, ratings collapse by about 20, 25, 30%. Kind of like what Bud Light went through when they they decided that they needed a drag stripper to be their, be their spokes whatever. So now Fox News is having, in addition to losing all the ad revenue, now they're They've still got a, a huge settlement that they have to pay to Dominion Voting Services, which had allegedly been involved in voter fraud in 2020. Maybe they were, maybe they won't. I say allegedly, so Dominion can bite it. But anyway, Fox owes them like $900 million to Fox News, which showed a $2.6 billion profit a couple of years ago, now has to cough up money. And so they're releasing all their journalists. They're purging the people who are basically the troublemakers, and then they're keeping the ones that they want to keep, that they think are more aligned with their identity. They're keeping all the opinion guys who do the nightly news shows because they know they can get journalists from anywhere. Okay. Purging. They've been binging now for two decades. Now it's time for a purge. So... Eulemia is more than a country in South America, you know. 
<laughs> yes, I'm evil. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not evil. I'm just wicked and mean and arrogant sod. But speaking of sods, what's next? Um, actor and legendary to me, he's legendary. Dolph London has came out saying that he's been battling lung cancer for eight years now. Mm. So. Dolph Lundgren, boy, there's a name I haven't heard in a while. He was your prototypical Russian for ever since, what was it, Rocky, was it three or four? It's Rocky four, I think, wasn't it? Dolph uh, Lundgren. There's only so many Rocky fans over there. What are you talking about? That was numbers. <laughs> I don't care. There was a... Uh, there was a commercial that came out a while back about oh, uh, Old I, Spice. That, I thought that commercial makes no sense <laughs> to me. The tall guy. And, <laughs> with the water dripping from his water dripping. Yeah, because he doesn't, use, like, oh, he doesn't use antiperspirants. So. And it's hot in that factory. So anyway, we're not going to get too deep into that. But, but yeah, thoughts and prayers go with Dolph Lundgren. Hope that, hope, pray for healing for Dolph Lundgren and that he overcomes his own cancer and enjoys a long, prosperous life ahead of him. There you go. We're with you, Dolph. All right. I still won't watch your movies, but I'll be praying for him. I'll watch him. Um, watch this, him one, uh, this one I have a little bit of a rant. It's a small uh -oh. rant. Small Sorry. rant. Small rant. Um, I, I just this want, I got rant, details. This much words. I got details. He's got deets. Um, words on Beetlejuice 2 cast has <laughs> recruited William Dafoe. Um, yeah. Nobody knows exactly who he's going to play or what it he's going to play. Now, Stop. Hold on. It doesn't matter what he plays. It's William Dafoe. That is true. He William Dafoe That's is good. always good. But yes. here's the thing. Okay. William Dafoe is always better than no William Dafoe. Yeah. That is true. Um, so here's the thing. Beetlejuice 2 has been around for probably a good 20 years. Developmental hell. Where, like, fake posters, fake fan-made trailers, <laughs> people just being misleaded about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And there was rumors that Michael Keaton's coming back as Beetlejuice, of course, and Winona Ryder and... You know, all this stuff, uh, Jen Ortega, who plays Wednesday Adams in the Wednesday series, is supposed to play the daughter and all this stuff, all this talk. And I'm like, listen, I you have fooled me so many times, I am not going to listen to any of this so-called fantasy casting thing that you have going on here. And I'm not going because none of the actors have actually came out and said, "Yeah, we're we're working on this right now." Tim Burton didn't say nothing. Michael Keaton didn't say nothing. Winona Ryder didn't say nothing. Nothing. Then here lately, there was a a, a photo of Winona Ryder in her goth looking through a window of a car, and they're like, "Oh, there she is on set of Bill Juice 2. And I'm like, "Listen, until I hear it from the horse's mouth." I'm not going to believe a thing. Until last night, when I was doing research. Let's do research. Entertainment Tonight. Oh, boy. The bastion of investigative journalism, yeah. Now, I know you, you can make fun of Entertainment Tonight, but I will say... I do. I have followed Entertainment Tonight since I was, like, in my teens. Because everything that had to do with movies or behind the scenes or anything like that, it was on Entertainment Tonight. Entertainment Tonight 
the thing on Beetlejuice 2, and apparently it is actually in the works. That picture of Winona Ryder was actually true. Michael Keaton is playing Beetlejuice. Tim Burton is writing and directing Beetlejuice 2. All this is apparently actually true, and they're working on it right now. So, that was pretty much my little talk right there, because mm. I've been misleaded. It's kind of like, same thing, and they did actually do it. Hocus Pocus 2. The movie was horrible, but they kept teasing people with Hocus Pocus 2 for the longest time with fake posters and all that. They finally did it. Was it worth it? No. But, so. I'll, I'll say this. Hocus Pocus 1 one was no great shakes either. About a low bar to have to clear it. They didn't even do that. But, so hey. it, it takes a lot to please him. Okay, just so you guys know. It makes a concerted effort. Okay. <laughs> we are all storytellers. We all have stories to tell. Some of it do. Some of us do a better job of telling stories than others. I can tell stories. I sit here and spin stories all the time. Ask me to sit down and actually write out a cohesive plot. <clears throat> the mental blocks are all there, but they're not sitting <laughs> on top of each other. Uh, so, mm, so it's nice to see Beetlejuice Two is on its way. It's just. I'm actually of two minds about this because, hey, Beetlejuice, Michael Keaton, any excuse to see Winona Ryder is a good excuse. You got Willem Dafoe attached now. I'm good with all of that. Okay, and especially if Tim Burton's returning, hey, make all the money. Take my money. See if I care. But the fact that we are so creatively bankrupt right now that we are doing sequels to films that are 35 years old <laughs> sure. is is sad, but maybe, just maybe, we'll get a chance to see the Beetlejuice cartoon again, which is always a good thing. Oh, so, the thing about that, releasing the original somebody, stuff. Somebody will put, put the Beetlejuice cartoon back on. One of the <clears> best <throat> adaptations where back in the day, who was it? It was it was ABC had all the, the film adaptations, so they had like the real Ghostbusters, and they had Beetlejuice, and they had all these fantastic things going on at one time. And CBS was doing like Muppet Babies, and they had all these other Pee Wee's Playhouse, they had all these awesome little things, and NBC had the Snorts. <laughs> and then Fox Kids got came to be, and then left far far too soon. But. And that's when we got Batman the Animated Series and Superman the Animated Series and all the other... All the good stuff. All the good stuff, stuff, yes. There's there's a back rack we need to do sometime is the cartoons of... Saturday morning cartoons. But we actually recorded we actually recorded a back rack video and a, I haven't used it. We, did, we actually did a filming session a, a few weeks back and I just sound like I'm a Narcone addict. <laughs> Narcanon, like I'm Narcanon or something, because I'm just so my brain is so scatterbrained, and you can tell on the video. And I'm not even giving you anything to work with, so we both sound like idiots. So I just take it and and put it on the back shelf. So maybe sometime I'll I'll take 
it's not the first time I've had to do that, but it's it's just we sat down and did a session, and it just didn't make any damn sense to me afterwards. And I was like, yeah, just release it, but not a very good video, but here we go. <laughs> Part one. <laughs> we'll do a new series called Trash Can, and it's just, just all the go. video. I'm just dumping raw video onto it. There you go. That's what I'll do. I'll just put all that on YouTube. Since YouTube's full of garbage anyway, I'll just put our garbage out there. All right. Speaking of storytelling. Speaking of garbage. Now, yeah, well, you will probably think half of this is garbage because I know you don't really give two hats for this one. But Two tinkers farts. Yes. Remember, a long time ago, I reported that they were going to make a Twins sequel. And it was called Triplets. Now, that's the one Eddie Murphy should be in. I think it was him or... It was either him I remember or you telling else. me about triplets. I think it had either... It was either Eddie Murphy or Kevin Hart or somebody was attached. But yeah, it was somebody like that. But Chris anyway. Rock. Somebody stupid. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger was really upset because uh, apparently he told Hollywood Reporter that the twin sequel, Triplets, is no longer in the works. The reason for this is because Jason Reitman, the son of Ivan Reitman, who directed uh, Twins and Junior, which is also a really good movie. I got to admit, Junior was a good movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Um, apparently, Jason said, uh, uh, when his father died, literally said that he didn't think it was a good idea anyways. <laughs> This is why I like Jason Reitman. And it's nothing against Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because Schwarzenegger, you've got a look. You've got a certain number of celebrities. All they got is their force of personality. Okay? Arnold Schwarzenegger is not going to win an Oscar anytime soon. Okay, okay, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. You say that. Well, hold up. Time out. That is true. We are rapidly approaching the... Nah. Here's the thing. Okay? Yeah. There is, like, two movies. There's a movie called Maggie. Arnold was brilliant in that one. But another movie, um, oh, it has Sylvester Stallone in it about breaking out of a prison of a ship in the middle of the ocean. Can't remember what it was. <laughs> Can't remember what the name of the movie was. But Arnold was in that one. And he had to, uh, while Sylvester had to go and, and try to escape, well, find a way to escape, they had to, you know, keep the guards occupied. So Arnold had to do that. There's a scene where Arnold told his character's life story, and first time ever that I actually saw Arnold actually act. And it was really, really good. Like, he was crying. He was, like, telling this huge story. And I was just hooked. And I was like, wow. You know? And I totally forget that sometimes these actors get typecasted as one certain thing. That nobody gives them a chance to actually show how much talent there is in there. And Arnold has always been that I'll be back, you know, tough guy. Really acting range, but I'm getting off. I'm getting off subject here. Yeah, but anyways, um, Arnold 
has reassured fans that even though there will be no sequel to Twins, he is working on a movie with Danny DeVito because he thinks that Danny DeVito is really talented and he and so much fun to work with. So there will be a movie with those two in the game. If Arnold Schwarzenegger wants a movie to happen, it's going to happen. Same thing with Sylvester Stallone. He's got so much cachet. Remember, Stallone, how many billions did he make for Hollywood Studios when he pushed the Rocky thing? Yeah. He, he, the man has actually been screwed out of the rights to Rocky by MGM, but yeah. it's not his fault. It's, I mean, he did sign the rights away. He did. Yeah. But it's it's not his fault MGM is now run by a bunch of morons who... Anybody who would make a film called Quantum of Solace deserves absolutely nothing. Anyway, the the point is, if Danny DeVito is a talent, he's a unique talent. He has a unique look. He has a unique style, and he can go into pretty much anything. And you're going to think he can do just about any project, and you say, hey, it's Danny DeVito, and then he can actually get you to forget he's Danny DeVito for a while. Okay, Just like with... Uh, Willem Dafoe. That you it's like Willem about. Dafoe. You can say, hey, it's Willem Dafoe, and then you lose track that he's Willem Dafoe. The man, Danny DeVito, just did a series of ads for... Uh, what was oh, it? Uh, gr- uh, it, was, it was for a sub-sandwich thing. And it, it, it did such Subway. a great job. It wasn't, it wasn't Subway. It was for, uh, I think it was Jersey Mike's. He, was, he did a series of ads for Jersey Mike's where he was sitting there staring at everybody's sandwiches like he was going to take, like he was the hamburger or something. He was going to take, <laughs> was just, if they, oh, didn't, if they didn't keep a close eye, the idea good. with Jersey Mike's, you can still sit there and, and watch your sub being assembled. And if you took your eyes off for a second and Danny DeVito likes your sub, He's going to swipe your sub and slink off with it like he's like the sub subby monster or something, okay? Cookie Monster did one for some kind of almond milk, which which basically he was sitting there looking at, because, uh, of course, Cookie Monster does cookies, and he always had, you do milk with cookies, so you can use almond milk with with cookies, and they were showing milk, almond milk with cereal, and so somebody, the guy he was with, said, maybe you'll be known as Cereal Monster, and Cookie Monster gave him the exact same look everybody in the audience gave him. was like, this, the point I'm trying to make, and there actually is a point, besides <laughs> the one on top of my head, okay? The point I'm trying to make is that the commercials are now more entertaining than the projects that they're appearing for. During. We have been down this rickety road before, it never ends well. All the creative people are now in the commercials, making the commercials. Remember, let's go back about 30 years during the Super Bowl. Everybody was mainly watching for football. And then the, the ads, they started sending all the creative guys over to the ad agencies. And they would do all these ads back in the 90s that just blew everybody away. Because that was when Apple did their 1984 thing to announce them. And all this other stuff. Now people don't watch Super Bowl for the football. They watch them for the ads. And the ads now suck copious swamp water. But we are starting to see the emergence of creativity in ads again. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll start seeing some crossover. I have an idea for, for either a, a show or 
a backrack video thing. Mm-hmm. The world's most biggest commercials. The world's we're, most biggest. Yeah, commercials. we're talking about the Taco Bell dog commercials. We're talking about the Bud, old Budweiser commercials with the frogs. You know, we're talking about the. Uh, we're talking about uh, like the the hamburger and all down. We're talking about like the old classic commercials that were actually really good, and that like us as adults will never forget. We could do a video on on ten, ten forgotten mascots and ten ads mm. that should be remembered. Yes, that might be something to do. That's actually a good. Idea. If we if we ever run out of things right. to talk about during during our regular geeking outs, we might do a do one of those. But it's not like having a lack of contents cost us anything before because we are now about 35, 40 minutes into this video wow. and. Wow. <laughs> He didn't have much in the way of news. Okay, we got two things to talk about. Uh, we got Star Wars coming up a little bit later. Hang on, I'll talk about Star Wars in a minute. Okay. First, we want to talk about the Gateway Regional Arts Center. Now, we are filming in Mount Sterling, Kentucky. I know that I doubt there's anybody outside the Gateway area that, that, that actually watches these videos. I don't know. And nobody ever leaves comments, nobody ever likes anything, nobody ever subscribes anymore. So, just. Leave comments, and I'll never see it because nobody ever leaves comments. So, that's fine. That's all right. I'll sit here. I've said before, I am in the lifeboat, and if I can pull one more sad, sorry individual out of the morass that is now pop culture and bring them into the lifeboat so they can actually see what actual talent looks like, Every once in a while. <laughs> Shut up. Anyway. The Gateway Regional Arts Center has decided to celebrate June is Gay Pride Month. Okay. No, I thought it was May. It's June. It's June. We, they are, now I have to be careful here. Okay, I may actually have to take this portion off of YouTube and Facebook and just make it Rumble exclusive. Because if you talk about the drag strippers, and that's fair cut, but if you talk about the drag strippers for any length of time, and you talk about them in a derogatory fashion, get bounced off of both of them. I'll go ahead and post this up on YouTube and Facebook, and we'll see how long it stays up. But as I said, the drag strippers are coming. The drag strippers are coming. The drag strippers are coming. Okay, Gateway Regional Arts Center. Since Kay Lane was involved, I and the, not me, not even as much as the beloved wife, has been involved with the Gateway Regional Arts Center and the Arts Council. And we've, the beloved wife has volunteered her time, we've given money, we've been, we've given support, we've turned up for events and stuff. The Gateway Regional Arts Center has a new director. This guy would love me to say his name, and even if I could remember his name, I would not give it because I don't want him getting any publicity out of this whatsoever. They have decided that they are going to do a drag lunch with all the drag strippers. They would like to be called drag queens. I call them drag strippers because, quite frankly, that's the ultimate goal. Uh, we're going to be having gay events... No, I'm not even going to say gay events because I'm not going to lump homosexuals into this. Okay, the 
The G's, the L's, and the B's want nothing to do with the T's anymore because the T's are now going off way out of the out of bounds. They're targeting children. They're targeting. They're basically targeting single moms and women in unhappy marriages and making them feel validated and offering their children up as sacrifice on the on the trans altar. Okay. Gateway Regional Art Center is spending money to promote Gay Month, uh, Drag Pride Month. Okay. The fact that they're using not even taxpayer funds, but donated funds secured in the interest of promoting local artists, local creators, and local vendors, and instead guaranteed the director did not find that many drag strippers from the Gateway area to show up for this thing. Maybe they did. Maybe they actually managed to find three or four drag strippers from the Gateway area. I don't care. But we'll see if this comes out or not. But I'll bet you money he spent Art Council money to hire these guys to come in like a circus full, like a clown car, bringing along the drag circus to come here and parade and just hoi, hobnob with the hoi polloi. Okay, so this is a publicity stunt. He's hoping to get people fired up around here. He's hoping to draw all this attention, blah, 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 blah. There's one correct answer to that. Well, I'm going to say there's two correct answers. There are a lot of Christians who are wanting to get upset and want to counter-protest. Don't do that. Okay, Don't go down there and, for goodness sake, don't show up the God hates fags sign. Okay, Don't do that. If you are Christian and you want to make a statement, you start right now not out in public, you start praying for these guys for healing because no normal, well-adjusted man is going to be a drag queen. Every, every one of these guys has a trauma somewhere in their past. And I'll bet you 99% of them at some kind of sexual abuse at some point in their past got them confused, got them all mixed up, got them turned around, and now they're being exploited for the drag strips. You think it's pride. It's not pride. There is no pride in these things at all. This is an embarrassment, not for the city, not even for the Arts Council, but for this director whose name I won't use. Dude, you need to slink yourself back out into the public just long enough to apologize for this and cancel it and then slink back off and keep under a rock for the next year until people forget about this. If you go out there and you attempt to actually push this out in public, you are going to destroy that art center. Because I guarantee you, don't forget, the art center is in a former church downtown Mount Sterling. Every church in Montgomery County right now has at least a dozen Christians in it who would love to see the Arts Council thrown out of there for misuse even of desecrated church property, which 
Desecration has a negative connotation. Desecration means that it's just not suitable. It hasn't been blessed for use as a church. It's had that blessing taken away. You will lose your, your facility over this. You will lose your funding over this. And quite frankly, you're probably going to get it tossed on the rocks and you after it. So, dude, knock it off. Cancel. Call all this garbage off. And go back to focusing on spending money on your local artists and your local creators and stop feeding into Karen and her circus clowns, okay? So that's all I'm going to say on that. We'll put our little edit right there if I have to take it out. Now, got one other thing to talk about. What, we, what else are we going to talk about? Something about Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay. Hard turn here. Star Wars. I can't believe I'm saying this, but there's actually a sign of hope in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Disney, Lucasfilm actually, is now talking about adapting Heir to the Empire as the next trilogy for Star Wars. Have you ever heard of Heir to the Empire? No. Okay. This this was a trilogy written by a guy named Timothy Zahn back in like 1990-91. I'm, I'm actually reading my way through it. I'm into the second book now. A uh, guy on Twitter turned me on to it. Um, it is about a, a grand admiral with the Empire named Thrawn. And he, he's blue-skinned, he's got red eyes, and he's... He can outthink. He is far more dangerous than the Emperor who used all his little force lightning. He's more more dangerous than Darth Vader with his lightsaber. He can outthink the, the Republic guys at every turn. He can tell exactly what they're doing. He, he is like a bad Batman. He, so he plans for every contingency and just keeps knocking the, knocking the, uh, the New Republic for a loop, did a trilogy of these. The books are really good because there has been so much character development laid down for these characters. And they've been, remember that this is like 91, 90, 1991. So they've been around for about three decades now. They're going to adapt these books into as source material for the new films. Okay. Supposedly Dave Filoni is going to be in charge of this. Oh, okay. So, they're going to adapt these films in, but here's the thing, Thrawn and all of the supporting characters here, this was Timothy Zahn's sequels to the first three Star Wars movies, okay? The Star, uh, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, these were the three books that followed Return of the Jedi. This picks up... it. Now, if they do this, freaking awesome, because it means they're taking the three sequels they already made and they're throwing them out, and they're using something, because remember these novels, these novels that were written in the 90s, they, are, they were declared completely non-canon about a decade ago by Disney when they started doing the, the sequels. None of that counted, and everybody was like, what? They're bringing the expanded universe back, supposedly. And if they adapt these, it, these books also have Luke Skywalker in them. They have Han Solo, and they have Leia Organa Solo. 
Leia is pregnant with Han's twins, okay? And the twins, of course, because Leia is, spoiler alert, Darth Vader's daughter and Luke's sister, the twins that she is carrying, that she are, yeah, the twins she's carrying, are strong force users. It turns out there's a, a clone Spoiler alert, there's a clone of a Jedi Master out there who is trying to get his clutches on the last of the Jedi, which means Luke and Leia and those twins. And he wants to turn them into his, I guess, basically Jedi worshippers or whatever. There are layers upon layers of stories here. Lando Calrissian is in this. Chewbacca is all over this. But they're all treated like heroes, but they're not very, admittedly, not very smart because they're smarter than most of the Empire guys. They can the Jedi can still run rings around stormtroopers, but when it comes to this Grand Admiral Thrawn, he keeps out thinking them, and they're having to struggle to escape. He's Timothy Zahn, the author, has captured the vibe of the original trilogy, the first three movies that were made in time. He's captured the the vibe that George Lucas instilled in these first three movies. And it reads a lot, much, much more of Star Wars than anything I've seen come out of Disney since they bought Lucasfilm. So if this is a glimmer of hope, this is, ironically, a new hope. We'll see if Dave Filoni can actually keep this together enough Kathleen Kennedy is supposedly being worked out the door, although she is apparently willing to let this happen. We'll see how, how things develop. If it is possible to actually do a reset like this and bring us back, bring Star Wars back so it's actually interesting again with a mythos, by expanding the mythos, maybe that franchise can be salvaged because right now it's just, it's been Kathleen Kennedy over and over and everybody's just, uh, just gritting their teeth. And even with Dave Filoni and, uh, I can't think of his name, Happy Hogan, John Favreau, and The Mandalorian, everybody's been rolling their eyes over The Mandalorian season three because it sucked so hard because Kathleen Kennedy's been using her dark force powers on it. But, so maybe, just maybe, a couple of years out, we can see Star Wars reboot and actually start not sucking so hard. Star Trek, on the other hand, still caught in the sludge. Don't know if it'll ever escape. Well, I mean, if John Favreau and Dave Filoni is involved, then uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be really good. Um, can I tell you a character that I, I have? Yeah. Okay, so I was thinking, what if there was a character, and there probably is, because I've never read any of the books. I got to admit, I've never read any of the books, and I know that there's like, what, 200 of these things with different type of storylines? Mm -hmm. But anyway, I was thinking of a character dressed in black with a red scarf over just covering his mouth and nose, and he is a Jedi. But, of all the stuff that has happened, he doesn't give 
who cares for either one of the sides. He just wants to be left alone. But he's more powerful than Darth Vader. He's like really, really powerful. Like he can do things outstanding. And I was just thinking, what if this guy is just like living his life in a village and then stormtroopers come along, do some stupid stuff to the village to where he has to step in. So now he's wanted because now they're like, who is this guy? He just took out a, a whole army of those. So now they're all like looking for him. And he's just like, he, he has that attitude of like Tony Stark, you know, like mm-hmm. he's like, just leave me alone. I, this is none of my business. Go away. Just, I just want to be left alone type with a sarcastic snobby butthead attitude you know I kind of like that idea to have a character who's he doesn't have no he has nothing to do with the uh, Skywalker he has nothing to do with Darth Vader and them they're not even mentioned he's just a, a ex-Jedi that is just like you know what I've seen enough <laughs> I just I'm just want to do my own thing you know type of deal I like that. You have just described every Shogun ever. But, exactly. He's a he's a Western dude that is just like you know. That's the, that's the other thing. Star Wars draws really, really heavily upon that Oriental, the Shogun, Ronin, and all the other the other things. That's why everybody has the the lightsabers and stuff. For a second there, I thought you were going to talk about the shadow because he has the red scarf. And the well, that's where I actually got the, the red scarf idea from. <laughs> that's all right. A striking visual. There's nothing wrong with that. A piece of advice on your character. Don't start him off so strong. Build it. Okay? Introduce this to him first and then let the people... Don't. This is the problem that's been striking all of these pop culture things. This is what creates Mary Sue's and Marty Sue's and, and all the other Sue's and so on and so on. Don't just tell. Show. Take your time. Build your character and people will begin to recognize how badass they are. Don't just tell people. Don't just tell people that Ray, whatever her, the hell her last name is, Palpatine Skywalker, Ray of Sunshine, whatever she's called, don't just tell us how badass she is. Show us. Well, see, that's and, the thing. and then don't brag on it. Don't gloat over it. Don't sit there and make a big fuss about it. Won't, won't, won't do the thing and walk away and leave everybody wondering what just happened and want more. Yeah, I mean, I was wanting this character to be more like, I, like I was thinking of things like you know, like the the Star Wars video games, the Jedi's in the video games. They're taking ships that are flying away and just crushes them while they're just trying to fly away. And I'm like, we don't get this in the movies or the TV shows. Like, they because don't show the true power of what Jedi's can actually do. It's just like, bring my like lifesaver over to my hands, and I'm just like, you know, it's like, just pick up people and just throw them. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, which is, which <laughs> honestly is awesome the first time you see it, and then boring each time you see it after that. The, the force does isn't supposed to work the what that way of crushing ships and stuff choking somebody out yeah that was really impressive because that was Darth Vader face to face with this guy 
and not even having to really do much of anything, just sitting there and staring at him, and down he goes. Far more impressive than a Jedi just sitting there like this, and then a ship explodes. Okay, great. Okay, I've seen ship explosions. I've seen Jedi do this. Also, I've seen Spock do this. I also kind of wanted to do the whole, like, John Wick type of thing, except, like, because John Wick did this thing that movies don't do. In in John Wick movies, it was, like, the bad guys. The, like, like you had, like, this mob boss. Once he heard what his son did to John Wick, he's like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> you know? It was like you actually have the, the bad guy be scared of the good guy. <laughs> And it's like, they don't really do that. It's like... It's not something you see very often, and they actually built a a franchise out of bad guys being scared of a good guy. It's been so long. The last good guy who really projected a sense of, I could inspire fear in other people, to a... The last one I saw was Batman. And I mean like Michael Keaton, Batman. And the one before that was Dirty Harry. Because people would see, by the time they did the third film, especially, when Dirty Harry shows up, the cops actually started recognizing him because he would be talked about in the press and on TV. Like, oh, crap. And then realize things getting worse. So, yeah, it's, it's a storytelling technique. Like, we've talked about it before. Show, don't tell. If you show... Okay, not only are... If you tell, it's over in five seconds. Make a half-hour show. Make an hour-and-a-half movie. Show me this awesome thing this person's supposed to be able to do. How did they do it? Why did they do it? Who are they? Why should I care? And you actually, if you spend even a a ten-minute fan film on YouTube, gives more exploration into all four of those steps then Ray Palpatine is so awesome. Okay, so just a little bit of advice going for it. What do I know? I can't I can't write anything anymore, so what kind of storyteller am I? So we are wow, we're closing in on an hour. We need to wrap it, Chris. You got any final thoughts? Peace. Love. Happiness. That's what he says. As for me, I'm just gonna say y'all keep on I'm Spike. I'm Chris. Chris. Y'all keep on geeking out. Bye. Bye.